Hi, everybody. It's Rob Reed back for the PlayerTrack.com podcast part due. And what could be more perfect for part two than to go over the fantasy baseball second baseman? I don't know. All right, you caught me being a little bit silly. I get a little giddy when we get this time of year, and there's always the prospect that I could do uh, well. You know, when all the standings are, everyone's at zero, and I've got a shot, especially after last year, which was probably the worst in my fantasy baseball history because just everything went wrong in all of my teams, and I just made wrong decisions. If there was ever a, uh, a what not to do, in uh, fantasy baseball, I I probably could write the book uh, last season, but it really comes down to just don't draft bad players. I think that's what it comes down to. And I've got to figure that out. So we'll see how that works out. But today we are going over the best fantasy second baseman, fantasy baseball, second baseman in all of baseball, AL and NL last season, minimum 100 at bats. And we're going to take a look at, uh, let's say minimum one game. And count walks, and it'll be all leagues and raw stats, and just the second baseman. So bear with me. By the way, playertrack.com is free. I'd like you to check out, if you can, vividseats.com, who advertises on the baseballgeeks.com site and the playertrack.com site. And if you get some baseball tickets upcoming on their website, I'd really appreciate it if you emailed them and let them know. They are the biggest supporter of those websites that helps to keep it up for you and enables you to be able to see all the statistics that are online for free and, and what could be better for that. Now, it's no surprise as we enter in taking a look at the top second baseman all of baseball last year, that this is standard 5-5, of course, that Robinson Cano comes in at number one. Now, Robinson Cano is has been just a solid baseball player in addition to second base, which I think is deceptively uh, not so deep. There are some players, there are probably three at least that I'm going to be talking about today, who just had off seasons. I happen to have two of those three <laughs> last year in my money league, and I happen to pay 60 of my $260. I'm talking about Ian Kinsler and Utley. I paid $60 last year for those two players alone of my $260 salary cap. So yeah, yeah, that, not, not, uh, not too bright. Uh, but nonetheless, especially when I already had Utley, you know, I should have looked elsewhere, but I wanted to uh, take over the second base <laughs> position, and I, I uh, took over the crap of the second base position. Uh, pardon the expression. As uh, Going back to Robinson Cano, he has no business running. He only ran five times last year. He did get three. The previous year, he uh, tried 12 stolen base attempts and was thrown out seven times over 50%. So that's not why you get him. I predicted the beginning of last year that he you can get a 300 average from him, 19 home runs, 77 RBI, and uh, 85 runs. And for the second base spot, that's awesome. Well, I way under uh, predicted that because I didn't see, frankly, that he would – come up with 30 home runs almost 29 in 2008 he hit 14 in 2009 the 25 that robinson hit looked like an aberration to me and then 29 was like whoa 
His batting average when balls in play in 2009 and 2010, almost identical, averaging out at about 328, 327. And so the fact that that was consistent is nice, except for the fact in 2008, his batting average on balls in play was 286. He ended up hitting 271. I think 300 is, uh, even with a standard course of luck for Robinson, if he loses uh, 20-some-odd points of his batting average on balls in play, is certainly what we can expect. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Robinson because he is cream of the crop here. That being said, I should add that I think that Robinson even has some upside. Uh, he's only 28 years old, just turned after the season ended, October 22nd. So, you know, 28 years old, turning 29 at the end of the year. He has, last year, has been his best year. Happened to be his rule of 27 year. So it's not surprising for folks like that. Uh, and so he's at his peak right now. His peak will probably last two or three years. So there we go. Yay, Robinson. Looking forward to seeing what you're going to do. A guy who's risen up the ranks. Always has had power. 33 home runs last season. Again, Dan Ugla. Seen some blogs recently talking about Dan Ugla as being a guy who uh, folks think are, is going to out-hit Robinson Cano. Well, I'm sorry. Don't don't go there. When he had a batting average on balls in play in 2008, it was 323, which was really high for him. Because usually he's had a couple seasons in 2007, it was 286. And in 2009, it was 277. You know, and in those two years, he hit 245 and 243, respectively. And when he had the batting average on balls in play in 2008 at 323, he hit 260. Hello, everybody? Do you remember that? On March 11th, in, a, in about a week and a half, he's going to turn 31. So it's not like he's, uh, you know, a spring chicken. He's not like not like he's an old man ready to retire either. But when you think Dan Ugly, you know you're going to get 30 home runs. And the only reason Dan Ugla comes up so high here is because of a couple second basemen who just had very, very poor years and are not going to have that poor years, uh, that kind of poor year again this year. It just can't happen on the law of averages. And Dan Ugla is going to probably hit you when all is said and done about 260, 265. Okay. He's not, he's, mo- he's in the same division. He moves from Florida and goes to Atlanta. So there's nothing in there that makes me any. I'm trying to find something as to justify why these bloggers think he's so so great. Of course, you got to focus on the fact that he almost hit 290, and he's just not a 290 hitter. Okay, that ain't gonna happen. So poor average hitter, high power. That's why you get him. If you get Dan Ogle on your team, don't expect you're gonna get the number one or number two second baseman this year. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Number three, Ricky Weeks. Now, he's a guy, if there was anybody that I was more excited about than Dan Ugla, it would be Ricky probably because of the uh, uh, the stolen base possibilities and the fact that he's about the same age as uh, Robinson Cano. So you got a guy that was tearing in 2009, Ricky Weeks, 147 at-bats. He hit nine home runs. The guy was on pace potentially for 30 home runs there. And I think he could have uh, could have done it that year. And why do I think that? Because he showed it in 2010. He had 29 home runs when he did get that full season. So what Ricky ends up showing is that he is a Dan Ugla type player. Okay? That's that's what he shows. And the cream that you get with him is that you'll get a you'll get stolen bases. He had 15 stolen base attempts last season, had 11 stolen bases. Dan Ugla had 4. And uh, I'm going to take a look at Dan Ugla's uh, stolen base history. So if you'll bear with me, 
He had he ran ten times in two thousand eight, was thrown out fifty percent of the time. Ran three times in two thousand seven with two stolen bases. Three times in two thousand nine. So the four he got was an aberration. It doubled his uh, maximum output that he had had in two thousand seven, two thousand nine. Dan isn't a runner. Okay, Ricky is a runner. He may not be a substantial runner, but he's probably going to hit, believe it or not, a little bit better. He's with luck, which Ricky had last season. Ricky did have luck. I predicted early 2010 that if he got a little bit of luck with a a batting average on balls in play that he could get above league average, that he could very well hit 270. Well, he did hit 269 with the luck of a 333 batting average on balls in play. Only had a 313 batting average on balls in play in 2009 with 147 at-bats, but he he ended up hitting 272. The contact rate is a little bit of a fall for Ricky. He didn't, he didn't strike out. He struck out a little bit more than before. So comparing him with Dan Ugla, Dan Ugla is about the same. You know, Dan Ugla, though, has a history in, in 2008 and 531 at-bats. He struck out a ton. He, he struck out 171 times. So if for some reason, you know, you get somebody like Ugla who's going to press with a new team in the same division that he was in before, and you know he's going to really want to pound hard uh, against his team and uh, definitely drive the Braves. That if he presses and it frustrates him and he just doesn't have the offense there, that the season could just be horrific, uh, especially from the batting average position for Dan Ugla. I prefer Ricky Weeks. That's me. It's it's if Dan Ugla did better, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because they're very similar kind of players. But I like the stolen bases that Weeks can provide. Martin Prado comes in at number four, and it's his rule of twenty-seven year. Martin Prado, however, is probably not going to be seeing a heck of a lot of playing time at second base with Dan Ugla there. Prado will be the starting left fielder, more likely than not, for Atlanta. And the other thing with Prado is he he does play a little first base, and he does qualify, believe it or not, at third base. So you got a guy who's going to qualify. If if your league allows five starts uh, at a given position uh, before the season begins to qualify, he actually would qualify at first base as well. So multi-position eligible Martin Prado, it, it's kind of exciting. You know, if if uh, he's on the rise, he's 27 years old, he's right around that peak po- uh, part of his career, and 600 at-bats and 85% contact rate, which was awesome. I talked about Martin Prado last year, I remember, uh, there were some folks I think that were asking me before and whether I thought the 307 average was for real, and I absolutely did. Uh, just based on the 228 at-bats that Martin had in 2008 when he had a 360 on-base percentage, which was really high, and he hit 320, but he came back with 334 and 450 at-bats, batting average on balls and play, where he hit 307. He hit exactly 307 with a slight bump in his batting average on balls in play. And so a 330 balls in play, batting average on balls in play for Martin is probably a skill set. He, uh, under proration, was the number seventh overall second baseman under proration. We're talking about raw stats here, which is why he comes in at number four. On uh, proration at third base rank, Martin actually came in at eighth under proration. So the running is a little bit confusing. The five stolen bases might have helped him a little bit. He was thrown out three times out of the eight. Uh, and the 15 home runs, I think, is fairly reasonable. And uh, a 300 batting average. So for the second base position, which is kind of slim, the multi-position eligibility, Martin Prado is somebody definitely to look at. Moving on, Kelly Johnson. Kelly Johnson, I can say that I predicted last season – his uh, 
his comeback. The only thing is, he it, that was kind of an aberrant in the sense that if I remember correctly, in September he tore it up. He got a lot of of, of uh, home runs. I do remember in April he led all of the major leagues in home runs. Kelly Johnson, everybody, yeah. Everyone thought that was going to happen. I think he only had nine, but that led the majors in home runs at the end of April. And uh, I didn't see that coming. I did say in uh, March of 2010, just about a year ago, I said Kelly Johnson could be great. A top 12 second baseman on player track before last season. Uh, He was in uh, 2008, and then he had injury woes in 2009. I said his league average contact rate was shattered by horrifically unlucky batting average on balls in play in 2009 when he only hit 224 in those 300 at-bats. And uh, his 2007-2008 BABIP average was about 337. What did he do last season? A 341 batting average on Boston play. So once again, like Martin Prado, I believe that Kelly Johnson can has the potential to hit 280, uh, and that's what he did. I said that he should be able to easily hit 285 in 2010. I said that in March, and he batted uh, 284, so it wasn't that easy. In fact, he didn't get there. I did say 15-15 was entirely possible, and he went 26-13, 13 stolen bases. It's those stolen bases that make him kind of attractive, except for the fact he was thrown out seven times in 20 attempts, and uh, that that is kind of painful. The key with fantasy baseball and I'll add this with Kelly Johnson, is value. And I think you can get some value in Martin Prado, the second base position. I don't think you can get that kind of value from Kelly Johnson this time. Uh, You see, I got him in a 15-team dynasty league at pick number 235. You know, so that was very, very nice. I, I think that was about the 14th round, maybe. I'm not sure. And and I don't that's not going to happen now especially in a 15 team dynasty league, especially with the perception that second base uh may be kind of slim. And uh let's see if I can change your mind as we go or let's see if I can change my own mind as we go. I I did that. I think it was last year or the year before that where I said, "Yeah, second base is slim." And then all of a sudden I went through second base and it wasn't as slim as I thought. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh let's move on. After Kelly Johnson comes a guy who was been had some amazing fantasy seasons and his value is certainly in the fact that he is a a runner and this is brandon phillips except he was thrown out almost 50 percent of the time that he ran last year which is the worst rate that he's ever had and that's definitely a concern under proration brandon phillips comes out as the 15th overall second baseman and so that is somewhat of a concern because a lot of folks I, I might be overvaluing Brandon just a little bit. There was a year in 2007 when he went 30-30, and he was in 2008 in all drafts. He was off the, the tip of many people's list, very excited, and it was kept in many leagues, frankly, because uh, he'd only hit 17 home runs in 2006, came out with 30. He followed in 2008 with only 21 home runs, 20 home runs in 2009 and last season with more at-bats than he had had in 2008 and 2009 and he hit two fewer home runs there than he did in 2009 hitting only 18. The very strange thing is that his RBI numbers were only 59 which I suppose means you know the end of that lineup is uh, pretty bad at uh, in Cincinnati or at least it was last season. I haven't looked that's that's all I can figure with Brandon. I believe he batted near the top of the lineup. The bottom line is the Cincinnati Reds have some great mashers there. So in the standard 5-5, Brandon scored 100 runs uh, last season, which was a 30, I'm sorry, it was a 22-run bump 
than the previous season. And I think that's reflective of having somebody like Joey Votto in the lineup, Jay Bruce in the lineup uh, in particular. And so a lot of exciting things to happen with Cincinnati. And Brandon could be a component of that. The only thing is, I'm not so sure the the lizard is going to, you know, let him run. Dusty Baker may not let him run as much because he just was thrown out way too many times. Time will tell. He is a great contact hitter, though, above league average, 86% last year, 87% the year before. His batting average on balls in play, though, is uh, not so good. You know, a good year for him is league average, like he did in 2007 and 2006. So 270 is average is probably what we can look at for Brandon again, unless he gets lucky. That's a possibility. He is 30 years old turning uh, this year. So he's not, you know, somebody that we can say, well, maybe he just still hasn't reached his peak yet. His peak may very well have been uh, 2007, and that might have been the best that we would ever see out of him. I think more likely than not, uh, not a guy that gets on base enough, and that's what's caused Dusty to reflect on batting Jay Bruce first leadoff, which I think is crazy, but I, I heard some rumors related to that. Brandon is a pretty solid second baseman and reflective of the fact that this area, this position is not that, uh, not that slim. Omar Infante, believe it or not, comes in at uh, number eight, only 29 years old this year, and that's probably because he hit 321. Now, what's Omar going to do now with Florida? I don't know. You know, let's take a look at the batting average on balls in play. The batting average on balls in play for Omar in 2009 was 347, where he hit 305. Last season, 357, where he hit 321 and 471 at bats. 503 at bats in 2004, where he hit 264. He hit 222 in 2005, and then 277, 271. 2008 was sort of a breakout for him, hitting 293. And uh, that's when his batting average on balls in play was 333. I can see a drop in the batting average on balls and play about 30 points, which means he's he's probably reasonably a 290 hitter, and that's what Florida can consider. Uh, they, they'll get out of him. Not much of a power hitter. He did hit eight home runs, which was uh, half of what he hit in 2004, but the only time since 2005 that he hit more than eight was in 2005 when he hit just nine. He hit four in, in 2006. These are all in limited at-bats, though. So I think that 10 home runs is reasonable if we can get a full season of him. He had seven stolen bases. 10-10 is probably reasonable for Omar when all is said and done. But I know Florida is going to really, really be missing Dan Ugla's power there. That's for sure. One of my picks to click from last year, Howie Kendrick, a guy I really am high on. And especially I was high on him because it was his rule of 27 year last year it didn't quite uh, make it to where I was hoping the thing with Howie is he's always shown that he was essentially a 300 hitter and I still think that he is Uh, he had 279 last season he had 291 in 2009 his batting average on balls and play averaged uh, in about 700 at bats uh, between 2007 and 2008 about 370 which obviously you can figure is high. So the 338 that we saw in 2009, which was a drop where he hit 291, uh, that's uh, where I expected him to be. And sadly, that didn't happen, but his batting average in balls in play fell another 20 points. His on-base percentage is not that good for somebody that has some decent speed. 
and that's a shame. That's why we're likely to see him in the latter part of the lineup. But then again, you know, for runs scored, that might be helpful. The only thing that we see in terms of a track record run scored, he only scored 67 when he had scored 61 the previous season and 200-plus less at-bats. And uh, I guess we attribute that to the fact that the offense there in, in, uh, in Anaheim isn't as good this year or wasn't last year. I think it's fair. How he was under proration in 2009, the sixth overall second baseman, which is why I was excited about him, only the 22nd under proration this year, I think he's going to be much better. I think 15-15 is a possibility for Howie, and if he can hit 290 again, then that makes him a very valuable top 10 when all of a sudden, fan, when all of a sudden done fantasy baseball second baseman. So keep that in mind. His contact rate's pretty decent. I like Howie. I like the fact that he's in the latter part of his uh, rule. He's 27 until July of this year, so this arguably counts as a rule of 27 year as well will be interesting to see what happens with howie he will be an end game option for you i think in in multi-leagues and a guy that i might just pick up in the farm league i bet i have a chance to get him in the farm and i think he's worth it because he's one of those that could be uh, just an amazing player that's just waiting to break out an amazing player who did not break out who fell like crazy, one of the ones I already mentioned. Chase Utley does come in under raw stats as the 10th overall second baseman last season, and that kind of shows how bad things were for second base last year. Chase Utley is going to be a top three second baseman this year. It's just going to happen. A lot of the reason his raw stats weren't so high is because he only had 425 at-bats. He suffered from a lot of injury woes, only playing in 114 games. So with 425 at-bats, he had 16 home runs. That was kind of a fall, too. I drafted Chase because I wanted to get the 30 home runs that he got uh, the previous two seasons. And I think 30 home runs is going to happen again. That's the reality. So 30 home runs, a 280 to 290 average for Chase, probably in his sleep. I really think that. I know a lot of people aren't going to be so high on, on him. Philadelphia's pitching staff is going to have the morale high there. And the other greatest thing about Chase is the fact that he runs. Chase, you know, it's an interesting name for a guy that runs, huh? He and he doesn't get thrown out. So he he ran 15 times last year, and he was only thrown out uh, two times. So he, this year is his. Uh, he's going to be 30. He is 32. He just turned in December, so he's not a spring chicken either. But he's still at the cream of the crop. And the fact that he fell means if you're going to get a bargain on Chase at any time, this is going to be the year. All of the numbers you see across the board for Chase are going to be fantastic. And if there's anything to say positively is that his batting average on balls in play was lower than usual uh, by probably 10 points. Usually Chase is league average, so he should have hit 285 last year. His contact rate went up, so he struck out less. And that's very, very good things for Chase Utley. I'm very high on Chase Utley. And if all the players I've talked about so far... I'm more excited about Chase than all of them. You know, that's the reality. Marco Scudero comes in at 11. I'm going to keep going through some names. Uh, Placido Polanco, by the way, you can see all these rankings for free at playertrack.com. It's free this year. Neil Walker, I'm not going to talk about him. Well, let me just say so because I think that I, I saw a comment about him, so I should say something. I saw a comment about uh, Neil Walker in the middle of, or near the end of the season. This was in August of last year when he was having a fair year you know, and, and uh, filling in there at Pittsburgh, a lousy team. And somebody said that he was worth owning. And I said at the time, well, he was, because he had a crazy high batting average on balls in play. 
And at the time, I think he was hitting 320 plus or something. He doesn't have any speed. He doesn't have any real power. Although 12 home runs is pretty decent, certainly going to be better than uh, you know somebody like uh, Omar Infante, we already talked about. But let's cruise in and look at some interesting names. Now, certainly Ian Kinsler, I talked about before. Ian Kinsler started out the year injured. It looked like maybe he'd missed the first month, and then he just kept missing. And and for me, who drafted him for 30 bucks, it was a major disappointment. Folks are going to look at that disappointing year and the fact that his batting average in 2009 was 253. Ian Kinsler, I'm still incredibly high on. Ian Kinsler only turns 29 during the summer of this year. So he's 28 years old. He's right in that prime. Injury affected his ability to be an amazing player, which I believe he is, and turned his 31 home runs he hit in 2009 to nine. And, uh, I think a lot of people would have said that I overpaid for 30 bucks uh, paying for him during the uh, the draft in my money league last season. And I'd say, well, I did, obviously, in hindsight. But for what he could do, absolutely not. Do I think he can perform 30 bucks this year? I think he can perform better. I think he's going to hit 30 home runs. I think he's going to come close again to 30 stolen bases. So your league might not be that excited about him. They might not know that in 2009, when he hit only 253, his batting average in balls in play was 245. That sort of says it all. 317 last season, that's what we can expect. You can expect that he's going to hit 290, 30 30 potential there. You see what I'm saying? Second base isn't as slim as some folks think. So keep that in mind with Ian Kinsler. You should be high on him. You absolutely should. Some other folks. Dustin Pedroia. Hello. Remember him? Remember the guy who uh, was the MVP of uh, 2008? I think it was. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. So under proration, Dustin Pedroia, believe it or not. Well, let me put it this way. His MVP season 2008, Dustin Pedroia under proration on player track was ranked third among all second basemen, believe it or not. I know Chase was ahead of him there. But he was so amazing all across the board and really helped the Red Sox team that year. Last season, his prorated rank in only 302 at-bats, number four. So he was on pace to be slightly worse, but not a lot worse, than his MVP season. And is Dustin Pedroia hanging off the edge of a lot of people's lips in your league this year? Nope, probably not. And in that limited time last season, he struck out a little bit more, maybe because he was pressing, he wanted to get his batting average back up. He was only thrown out one time in 10 stolen base attempts. So the 20 stolen bases that Dustin got in 2009 and his MVP season in 2008, entirely still possible. Dustin Pedroia is turning 28 in the summer. So this is arguably his rule of 27 year because he's going to be uh, playing most of the time as a 27-year-old this year. I think it's high time to be very excited about Dustin as well. And Dustin, I would say almost a certainty as, you know, barring injury, a top five second baseman. And if your league's forgetting it, great news for you. I'm going to scooch on down to number 24, two spots below Dustin and raw stats. Sean Figgins. Sean Figgins still had 42 stolen bases, but as he's aging, this is a year he's going to be 33 years old this year. And uh, he's thrown out just over 33% of the time. So, uh, well, I think that's actually incorrect. Uh, Whatever 15 out of 57 is. I don't know. It's it, That's under 33. It's probably more like 25%. But still, that's a lot for Sean, and it shows that his legs are getting a little bit older. 
and playing on a team in Seattle, it's not all that great. You know, all around across the board, Sean's statistics just aren't going to be very good. He doesn't hit for power, so he can kill you there. The fact that he's a second baseman rather than a third baseman, though, is good. Uh, the only thing that's really disappointing about uh, Sean is the fact that his batting average is up in the air in any given year. Uh, because he has very lucky years like he had in 2007 with 442 at-bats with the Angels where he was third base when he hit 330. And then you can come to when he hits just above league average, 318 batting average on balls in play, and his average is 259. So I can't pinpoint what's going to happen with him. In 2006, he had 267. So there's nothing where I can guarantee anything. The only thing I can guarantee is that he's going to run and he's gonna not hit home runs. <laughs> he's gonna. There's no power there, and uh, the drop in the the triples is remarkable in the sense he had uh, seven in 2009, and he only had two uh, last season. He did have six and eight in 2007, 2006 respectively. So, uh, I don't know. As long as he gets 40 stolen bases and you draft him for that, that's great. He's not going to bring in a lot of runs there in Seattle, and he's probably not going to run. He's not going to get a lot of runs. 35 RBI in a full season last season, 62 runs scored in a full season last season, 602 at-bats. Ay, ay, ay. Poor Sean. The mighty have fallen. There was a guy that a lot of folks desired, and if you need stolen bases, that's the guy you get. If you need power at second base, a guy that I haven't talked about yet is a guy who killed me in the Bloomberg League that I mentioned last uh, week. I was in last year. I got selected out of about 400 people who wanted to get into this group that was playing with Ron Chandler and Harold Reynolds and uh, some folks, some writers at USA Today. And and, and I just looked horrific. And a lot of the reason is old Aaron Hill. Yeah, you've been waiting for me to talk about Aaron. Rob, what do you think about Aaron Hill? Well, there are folks in your league who might not want to touch him. And I think that's a huge mistake. Here's what I said this year. In uh, 2000, uh, or sorry, on February 4th, I said among all players with 500 at-bats or more, guess who had the league worst batting average on balls in play? It was Aaron. Aaron suffered the worst luck of all players who played a full season, basically 500 at-bats or more. It was below 200. <laughs> That's I don't remember the last time I saw that with a player who was so good the previous year, 36 home runs and hitting 286 in 2009. So... His 26 home runs are very uh, make should make you very optimistic, and it took him a long time to get there, though, that I remember. The newfound power numbers of 2009 when he hit 36 home runs, I wasn't sure that was the real deal. It was very, very strange for me, especially considering he only hit two home runs in 2008 and 200 at-bats. He was on pace for like eight home runs in 2008, and he had hit 17 in, in 608 at-bats in 2007. So, So the power I just didn't see. And uh, it's there, folks. I mean, you can't deny it. And he should hit much better this year. Suffered from horrific luck. And uh, he's definitely a a top 10 pick. It's just not going to happen. And probably uh, top five, but with some of those other players I talked about who uh, could sort of rise up in the ranks, he's at least a top 10. And Aaron is definitely a guy that you should just continue to focus in your draft as you do it begrudgingly. This is a begrudgingly type pick. Oh, Aaron Hill. Yeah, I don't want When you get him for a lot cheaper than he's going to pay off for you, you're going to smile all the way to the bank, hopefully, with this position. And again, Aaron is a an example of why second base isn't as slim as folks are going to think and why uh, you cannot think, believe that Aaron's going to be a horrifically bad 
batting average hitter uh, as a result of last season's terrible, um, terrible luck. As uh, we're just over the 30-minute mark here for the podcast, and I'm going to try and limit it as close to that as possible, I'll throw out one more name. Remember, there are folks that I'm going to forget or not talk about, and you can feel free to come to the playertrack.com site, talk about your favorite players I didn't talk about, ask a question, what do I, what do I think about a particular player? Uh, and it's all free, including the rankings. But I'm going to throw in a last-minute guy here, uh, and I may not pronounce his name right, but it's Tsuyoshi Nishioka, who may be playing second base uh, for the Minnesota Twins. It's not; it's sort of up in the air. He may more likely than not be shortstop. That's that's what I think. And because shortstop position is slim, he's intriguing. And because you might perceive second base as kind of slim, again, he's intriguing for that multiple position eligibility. He was a Japanese batting champion last year. So if stars come in your eyes, as I said in my comment on him on February 5th on player track, I don't blame you. But here's going to burst your bubble a little bit. His batting average on balls in play last season, 395. Yikes. And what I said is being that he hit 293 career in Japan and he had only hit 260 the year before in 2009, I think that'll probably wake you up a little bit. Uh, if it's stolen bases you need, though, this is a guy who could get 45-plus stolen bases. So the hope is that he isn't like a, a Sean Figgins-style player uh, with a, a lower batting average potentially with a ton of stolen bases. That's what you hope for. Don't get him to hit 340. Don't even get him really to hit 320. If you get him to hit between 280 to 300, he, can, he might be able to do it. But there is a possibility that this guy is more Kaz Matsui than he is uh, you know, uh, Ichiro. So just just be wary of that. Uh, I'm not going to look at uh, Tsuyoshi unless uh, he's maybe waiver wire in the early season if I, if I get uh, injury to this position. Or uh, maybe a, a very late farm pick. But I may very well throw out his name early because, you know, when you get these new names that everyone thinks no one else knows, they like to, you know, there's a little extra hype and extra money that you can get folks to pay in your league. And I may try and do that in my money league. We'll see. So that'll close it off for now. And uh, take a look at the website, playertrack.com. All rankings are free. I want to get you more involved there if you can. Help me out in my own leagues. Let's help each other out. That's what this is about. I don't know everything. Fantasy Baseball Index Magazine happens to put me as an expert, and uh, it's probably just because I give him a little bit of money to put in an advert there. (laughs) I'm not sure, but that's probably it more likely than not. But hey, any chance that you would get to be uh, sitting next in a magazine as an expert next to Ron Chandler, you'd take it too, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm going to just keep going, chugging away with them, hopefully get a uh, shortstop uh, ranking, tell you about the uh, raw rankings of shortstop from last year in the coming week or so, hopefully within the next couple days. Thank you for listening. Playertrack.com. Come check it out. Check out the rankings, free Excel spreadsheets that you can make once you sign up for free, and uh, and also a great draft tool. As you're using it on the fly, use the Knicks tool, and, uh, and it's a great way to take players off as they're getting drafted, and you can find out who were the highest-ranked players in your particular categories that you'd like to search. And there's over 25 categories in pitching and, and offense, so it's proven very valuable for me. Don't pay attention to the... Uh, the results I had last year. I had a very unlucky year. Not going to happen again. God bless. Take care. Rob Reed of PlayerTrack.com. I'll see you probably next week. <laughs>